the words I speak and the words we hear be your words of life to us, our God. Amen. Uh, we seem to have gone backwards a bit. We're in the middle of Easter and we've just gone back into uh, Jesus' last conversation with his disciples at the Last Supper. So, from a story point of view, that's a little confusion, confusing. But I guess the importance of that is that we often think that, um, well, a lot of us try to kind of think that once we get to Easter, we don't have to worry too much about the bad stuff represented by that cross at the back corner of the church there. That, um, you know, we're into new life and all the bad stuff, the old cross, that's all gone. But actually, the bad stuff still happens. And part of the resurrected life, which is what Easter is all about, is thinking about what does resurrected life mean when things are turning to custard. So this morning we have gone back to the Last Supper and Jesus' last words to the disciples. Now I've said before that the last words are very important. In this kind of literature... The last words kind of establish the credentials of the person who is dying. And they are the words that will carry on. So from that point of view, these are important words. But they are also words spoken in a story. And in this story, the tension is high. Before Jesus and the disciples had returned to go to Lazarus and then to Jerusalem, Thomas had said... We will go with you and we will die with you. Thomas knew that to return to Jerusalem was death. And so here they are in Jerusalem and there'd been all the celebrations from Palm Sunday or whatever day it is in John's Gospel. It's not Sunday. And uh, now here they are on the Thursday night in John's Gospel with the Passover and everything is going to custard. Jesus is talking about dying, he's talking about being betrayed, he's talking about Peter denying him three times. So it's all not working as they'd hoped and planned. And the words we heard this morning then are words spoken in the midst of that darkness, words of hope. And in terms of John's community... That's exactly what they were for them as well. John's community, the the community John, whoever the gospel writer was, was writing for, was a community under pressure, under persecution. There were divisions and splits. People were leaving. We can tell that from the letters of John and his emphasis on unity. And so everything was not rosy. Everything was not wonderful. They were in darkness. And so these words were words of hope offered to them in that dark place, as they are to us. So I invite you to go home and to name your grief, to name the dark places where you are, and to read these words as words of hope. I can't do that for you, because they will speak differently to each one of us, but they are words of hope. And so... When you go home, reread John 14, 1-14 and think about what are these words of hope to me and to us as we live the resurrected life even when things are not going as we would hope.
to ask yourself, what does Jesus offer in these words? Where is hope? Where is resurrection? This morning I want to talk about uh, our sentence where Jesus says he is the way, the truth and the life and that no one comes to the Father except through him. Because for some, these are great words and uh, make it pretty clear that you have to be a Christian and if you're not a Christian, it's going to be all bad news for you in the end. And for others of us, we struggle with these words because they feel really exclusive like you have to be part of our club and if you're not part of our club it's all going to go bad for you and that just doesn't seem to fit with a lot of what other things Jesus says and does which is he breaks down the walls to say those people are in and those people are out but here he seems to be building them again it feels like when we read these words that if you don't believe Jesus is the way the truth and the life you're out You have no access to God. And sometimes that's understood to mean that only Christians will get into heaven. And that feels very judgmental and exclusive. It's used to say often that unless you accept that Jesus is the only way to God, unless you believe the right truths about Jesus and God, you're not going to enter into life after death with God. And as I said, that just doesn't seem to fit with the other things that Jesus does and says. So how might we read this? Well, I think this saying asks of us, what is the point of Christianity? What is it all about? And for many people, the point of Christianity is that Jesus died for our sins so that we can get into heaven once we die. And other stuff kind of gets tacked in around the edges of that. But that becomes the point. So when I die, I know that I will go to heaven. But is that really the point of Christianity? And I've talked about uh, people like N.T. Wright, the evangelical British bishop, English bishop. And I've used other authors to suggest that actually from a biblical point of view... That's not the point of Christianity. I mean, it's part of what Christianity is about, but it's not the point. So N.T. Wright says that the point of Christianity, from a biblical point of view, that's not plucking out verses that support our position, but actually reading the whole of the biblical story from beginning to end and taking into account the story of the people of Israel and that the covenants and the promises were with them and that Jesus was their promised Messiah. So what does that mean and how does he live that out? If we take all of that and the fact that in John's Gospel he has his last supper at the Passover feast, so what does that mean? He would say that all of that means that God is saying in Jesus God will fulfill the promises made to creation and all humanity. That creation will be renewed through the people of Israel. So the people of Israel weren't a chosen people just because they were cool and they could have a good time. But actually they were blessed to be a blessing. Through them all of creation would be renewed and all people would be called back to worship the one true God. And through that 
creation would be renewed and all would be as it was supposed to be. So the biblical story isn't about us all getting off earth and going to heaven. The biblical story was always about the renewal of creation and the restoration of humanity to what we were supposed to be. And we can see that in Jesus' prayer. Jesus doesn't pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, please get us off here so we can go to heaven. Jesus says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come on earth as in heaven. There's the clue. Your kingdom come on earth as in heaven. It's not a stepping stone towards getting to heaven. It is the point of what Christianity was about. That God's kingdom would come on earth and as in heaven. So Jesus being the way, the truth and the life is not about the way to get into heaven. But the way that God is renewing creation and offering life and hope to all people. So... What does it mean for Jesus to be the way, the truth, and the life then? What does it mean for us who are offered words of hope and encouragement as we continue to work out what it means to live a resurrected life? As we continue to live out your kingdom come on earth as in heaven. How might we describe the way of Jesus or the truth of Jesus or how, where might we say is the life of Jesus? Well, if you read the Gospels, the way of Jesus is the way he lived his everyday life. The way of Jesus is what he showed in his dealings with people. And it was a way of compassion and generosity and mercy and justice and forgiveness and love especially to the least, to those pushed to the very edges of his society, especially to them. And so when we say that Jesus is the way, Jesus is saying, when you walk in my way, when you live in this way, you will know the Father, you will know God. Now that's not about right belief, it's not about getting our T's crossed and our eyes dotted and making sure all our doctrines and doctrines are, uh, and ideas about God are, are right and uh, can be shown to be biblical with a proof text next to it. But it's actually saying when we live in this way, even if we have lots of questions, even if we have no idea why we're living in this way, then we will know God. It's not about right belief. It's about living the way of Jesus. No one comes to God the Father except through God's way of compassion and generosity and mercy and justice and forgiveness and love, especially to the least. Maybe the early Christians got that and they were called followers of the way. That was the first name for Christians. And the way of Christ was that way of generosity and compassion. They were renowned in Jerusalem and wherever they were as the people 
who offered hope and life to the poor, to the people on the edge. That's what they were known for. And that's what attracted people. This unheard of compassion for those who had been rejected by everyone else. (coughs) And Jesus, the truth, is how he lived out the truth of God's ongoing and infinite commitment and covenant to this world and all who live in it. The truth of God's ongoing and eternal commitment to this world and all who live in it. And no one comes to the God the Father except by living out this truth, God's ongoing commitment. And Jesus the life is the invitation to discover that life is found when we live the way of God for all people. When we live that way, we will know life. Jesus the way, the truth and life is not about understanding and believing the right things about Jesus to get to God or to get into heaven. Sure, heaven is part of the picture, but it's not the point of the story. The point is that we are invited to live the way Jesus modelled for us, with all our uncertainties, all our questions and doubts, even when our ideas about God might seem a little bit shonky. It doesn't matter, as long as we seek to live the way of Christ. You don't have to understand it all. You don't really have to understand much about the Jesus story at all. When Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life, he is simply inviting us to join him in that way. And in joining him, we join the coming of God's reign here on earth as in heaven. When we live the way of Jesus, we will know God. And in knowing God, we will know ourselves for who we truly are. And we will know life. So let's spend a moment thinking about what does living the way, the truth and the life mean for us this Easter. Easter.